Hello, I'm Reverend Kathy Reid and welcome to Couch Church, our podcast of reflections from the Anglican Parish of Ballina. This week I'm reflecting on a passage from the Gospel of Matthew. It's Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to 46. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them this question. What do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. He said to them, how is it then that David by the Spirit calls him Lord, saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If David thus calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one was able to give him an answer, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. Over the last few weeks, we've been hearing in the Gospel of Matthew about how Jesus was challenged multiple times in the temple by different religious leaders. We've just heard the last bit of this narrative when Jesus was confronted by the Pharisees. But actually, as we've heard over the last three weeks, they all had a go. Pharisees, Sadducees, the chief priests, everyone. They wanted to know who or what gave Jesus the authority to speak and act as he did. And they wanted to catch him out. Something I haven't talked about over the last few weeks is exactly when these confrontations in the temple happened. Actually, it was just a couple of days before Jesus was arrested, tortured and executed. Because really, what all those different religious leaders wanted to do was to shut Jesus up, to stop him. As I said, today our Gospel reading tells us about the last of these confrontations in the temple. And today it's a reading that many of us know pretty well at least the first part of it. I quote this gospel a lot in my preaching. Jesus says, love God and love your neighbour. Last week we heard how Jesus very carefully avoided the traps laid for him. But today the Pharisees were back for one last go. and They came with a lawyer, not a lawyer as we would understand it, but an expert in the laws of God. And this expert said to Jesus, which commandment is the greatest? Now, there are 631 different laws in the Jewish Bible, what we call the Old Testament. Which do you choose? Well, here's what Jesus said. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. 
Now, we might assume that this was a very radical answer because up till now, Jesus' answers had been pretty radical. We might assume that this was going to stir the Pharisees up. Actually, this was the traditional answer to that question. Most of the religious leaders would have answered the question the same way. Which is the greatest commandment? Love God, love your neighbour. So when Jesus came out with this really uncontroversial, unshocking answer, the Pharisees said absolutely nothing. Because what could they say? There was nothing to say. Nothing to say. And this kind of leads me to an issue I've had this past week. I've been feeling like there was nothing to say about this gospel passage, or at least nothing new. Because we know this text. It doesn't mean that we live by it, but we know the commandment. Love God with every bit of you. And by the way, that's exactly the same as loving your neighbour. And if you've been knocking around in church for a while, you also know who your neighbour is. You know, the parable of the Good Samaritan reminds us that our neighbour isn't just the person who is like us. Our neighbour is the person who is different, maybe even our enemy. Everyone is our neighbour. We know it. We've heard it before. So what can I say that's new and different? Well, I trawled through books. I crawled around on the internet to see if I could find something that would inspire me. And eventually I came across a sermon that helped. It didn't have anything new to say about loving God and loving our neighbour, but it did say something that clicked in my brain. This sermon I found talked about how the belief in Jesus' time was that people couldn't approach God directly. Everything was done through the priests. You had to go to the priests to make your sacrifices to get right with God. You couldn't have a relationship with God except through the priests. But of course, Jesus changed everything. You don't need a priest to allow you to approach God if you can sit at God's feet and listen to him tell a parable. You don't need a priest to get right with God if you can walk up to him and ask for healing and forgiveness. God was right there in the person of Jesus. We don't need a priest to connect with God because Jesus enables us to go straight to God. This got me thinking because on the day that I preached this sermon, Sunday the 29th of October, it was the day we were celebrating that Reverend Mandy Larkin had just been ordained as a priest. So really, I suppose it's as good a day as any to ask, why do we need priests? In the Anglican Church, our priests are not here to stand between you and God. Our priests are not substitutes for God. You might be excused for thinking that that's what we believe about ourselves. I mean, we're called reverend, which means someone who is to be revered. When we get a title that means revere me, it's not surprising that people either start looking at us for signs of hypocrisy or they assume 
we do have a direct line to God that they don't have. And yes, we priests can be hypocritical at times. And no, we don't have a direct line to God that you can't have. So why do you need us? And please believe me, I'm not trying to do us out of a job. Reverend Mandy and I have a purpose and a calling here in the parish of Ballina. But let's remind ourselves of what actually a priest is called to do. On Saturday the 28th of October, as Mandy was ordained priest, we were reminded in that service of what priests are here to do. Priests are here to proclaim the good news, declare the forgiveness of sins, and watch over and care for the people committed to our charge. It's really that simple. We're not here because we have some special hotline to God that's not available to you. But we have been set aside to serve God in a particular way, to tell of the good news of Jesus, to assure you that you are forgiven, and to care for you in your walk with God. Well, all of this has taken me a very long way from our gospel text of love God and love your neighbour, hasn't it? So to come back to that now, one of the things we, your priests, are called to do is to watch over and care for you. And that includes teaching you and supporting you in your faith journey. And so today, I'm here to teach you, to remind you that as people of faith, we are required to do two things. Love God and love everyone. Now, right now, it feels like there's not much love around. Back in the 60s, they sang, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. And when we look at what's happening today, it's obvious the world still needs love. Look at the news coming out of Israel and Palestine, Ukraine and Russia. But we don't have to look that far away. Right here in Australia, there seems to be too little love. We saw it in the lead up to the recent referendum and since an explosion of unloving language and behaviour and attitudes. It's just one example of how little love there is. And it's a reminder of why you need to love your neighbour. Your neighbour is not just the person who agrees with you, who is like you. Your neighbour is also the person who looks different. Your neighbour is the person who lives their life differently to you. Your neighbour is the person who voted differently to you. And you are required to love them. So that's all I'm going to say about this gospel passage. If you love God, then you must love your neighbour. It's not easy. But for the love of God, we have to try. <laughs>